this new year for me is a it's a personal thought and that's for single mothers to to understand that maybe the moment the reason why is simply because you're supposed to do something special i had a mom that took her time to sit down with us who taught me something that i'll never forget to this day about me and my family and that is a family that a family that prays together stays together all i'm asking you to do as mothers is reconnect no matter what you're missing you still have exactly what you need right now to achieve everything you want to achieve don't just make it a new year's resolution make it a habit make it what you do for your kids and your family Good evening, and welcome to Episode 3 of One Degree to Victory. I'm your hostess, Nalita Hollis. You just heard from Mr. Ray Lewis on a motivational moment specifically for single mothers. You can find the link on my podcast page, onedegreetovictory.buzzsprout.com. The well is a place of community where you can find the resources necessary to thrive. And those resources include methods, modes, and materials that you can use to live effectively. The community can be defined as the people around you, your neighbors, and your social circle. But there's another inward community. Those are the dichotomous voices between possibilities and fear, between love and hurts, between threats, real and imagined. But the question is, which community of voices are you gravitating toward? If you want to transform, you're going to have to dip your cup, your jug, your jar beyond the surface of what you see and hear. You're going to have to go to the depths of the wellspring of your soul. Today, we're going to talk about drama. Drama is defined as an exciting, emotional, or unexpected series of events or set of circumstances. And Lord, being a baby mama is not without its drama. At the core of baby mama drama are the issues of communication and support and how we as single mothers respond to those issues. At the time of this recording, my daughter and I were discussing our different communication strategies with a couple that we have to deal with monthly. She prefers that I handle them via phone because when she has to go in, she has to gather her energy, put certain systems in place like greetings, calculated responses, verbal and physical. She said, Mom, I don't want to be in there and look at those people any longer than I have to. And I get that. Communication can be difficult in the business world and in our personal lives. But communication with an ex with whom we'd father children is very delicate indeed, especially if there are feelings of resentment involved. So how do we deal with it? We have to learn systems. Systems save Time, energy, money, and stress. Did you get that? Systems. Save yourself time, energy, money, stress. You need systems in place to support communication, mind resources in the form of support, and to keep your behavioral responses in check. Now listen, sisters, I don't know what that system should look like that's based on your individual set of circumstances, but here are a few basic guidelines. First, when it comes to your system of communication, think about what you need to say, say it, and then stop. Your words are power. 
When you speak from a place of anger, resentment, jealousy, and revenge, you may get the expected response you wanted from your intended target, but those same words directed at him resonate in and affect your well-being. Immediate consequences include headaches, muscle pain, blurred vision, and it may cause an inability to drive, work, or complete routine tasks. Regularly engaging in this type of behavior this type of communication has detrimental consequences to your long-term mental and physical well-being. Your stress level goes up because you've argued and then long after he's gone, you continue to think and that causes stress levels and to build up. We don't want that. Listen, ladies, toxic communication caused me to miscarry and at times behave like a complete mad woman. So I had to dra dramatically change my mode of conversation, which brings me to my next point. Limit face-to-face -face or vocal conversation. As much as possible, try setting up visitations discussing your needs and support via text or email first. That way, when you meet, you're just there to participate in a previously discussed prearranged transaction. If you're like me or like I used to be, meet in a public place. I had so much communication-related stress that my eczema flares almost became unbearable. Meeting at our respective homes never went well. We always ended up yelling and screaming. So I know firsthand how valuable text is when it comes to keeping your sanity and your peace. Besides, if the texts become negative, you can always block them. At the meeting, I don't care how much he tries to bait you. This is point number three. Always keep it about the child. Don't give any courtesy compliments. Greet with a hello. Courtesy compliments just opens the door for emotional language. If he compliments you, acknowledge that the message was received with a head nod. And then don't stand there waiting for him to say something else. Kiss the baby, hand over the backpack or whatever essentials that the child is taking with him on the visit and then turn and walk away. You can say goodbye. A good communication system will save you time energy, and stress. Now, with all that time and all that positive energy stored up, you can begin to focus on the social supports in your community that can enrich the life of your family when the support you need does not come from the source you expected. I was at a truck stop in Oklahoma City and the cashier was on the phone, speakerphone, and we're going to have a conversation about workplace decorum later. But anyhow, she was on the phone with a relative. They were both single mothers and the young lady on the line was complaining about the lack of support in their family. Overhearing that conversation put me in a place of gratitude because I've been blessed in that I've always had family support. But for single moms that have neither child support, limited support, or no family support, you've got to utilize community resources. So let's save ourselves some time, energy, money, and stress. First, you want to make a list of all of the family supports in your area. This can include after-school programs, weekend programs, evening classes, churches, organizations such as the Y and the Salvation Army, county resources like your library and museum, and other charitable entities. 
My kids love the library. The local library has STEAM that stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, Arts, and Math Activities for all ages, and it's free. The library is not just a place for quiet research anymore. Our librarians are exuberant and happy to see patrons walk through the door. Also, take a look at the Parks and Recreation Department in your city. They always have awesome seasonal programs. The next step is to research the classes or programs that these various organizations offer that will benefit your family. Once you start, you want to make a commitment to finish. You have to finish things. That's what you learn from. You learn from finishing things. Neil Gaiman. How are you going to make sure you finish these classes? Check your schedule. Consider the program hours, your home schedule, like bedtime and chores, and sleeping in on a Saturday. In my house, sleeping in on a Saturday is only until 9 a.m. Do you even have a morning weekend routine? And what about travel time? Is transportation available to and from the program site? Okay, ladies, so now we've saved ourselves time, energy, money, and stress. Now we can talk about financial child support. In my own experience, I've walked away with nothing and I have pursued nothing and I do not regret that decision. When my ex-husband's first wife opened child support, the child support clerk sat across from the table from myself and my husband at the time and told me in a very smug way, first families first. I told him, don't think you're doing me any favors, as if he had a final say in whether or not my family would flourish financially, please. So whether it's pride or not, I will not place the financial stability of my family in someone else's hands. As single moms, God's got us anyway. Now, I am not suggesting that you do not hold men accountable or responsible for taking care of their children. But when that becomes a source of stress and when you're pursuing it out of revenge, then you need to rethink your motivation. I know in a conversation with my older sister, I believe she said she finally had to stop going back and forth to court because He was always trying to figure out a way to get out of pain. And he did. She said years later, I think this is after my nephew was grown. Years later, she received a check in the mail for $6. Can you imagine all of that wasted effort and time just to receive $6? I know a man who stopped working so he would not have to pay child support. Some men have that state of mind. And if you are serious about transforming your life, you're going to leave him and his $6 at the curb because you cannot go to a dry well and expect a drink. Remember last week I asked you to consider who you were raising and doing all she could for her family. Ray Lewis's mother raised an NFL player, a businessman, a motivational speaker, and a philanthropist. He's all those things. You must value your family unit. 
Hagar, our woman of scriptural inspiration, became the mother, became the matriarch of a great nation, her son, the father of a mighty nation. And she and her son started out with nothing but a backpack and a few resources provided by none other, her baby daddy. Who are you raising? Are you giving your time and energy to toxic relationships? And it's not toxic because it's abusive. It's toxic because it doesn't feed your vision. The spirit of division covers your eyes with the scales of disappointment, hurt, anger, frustration, lack, and low self-esteem and feelings of inadequacy. Your lenses are skewed because you're equating the temporary sensations of a wanton lifestyle of lack and abandon as a permanent life station. Constantly engaging in this behavior is toxic. It's toxic to your vision. It's toxic to your soul. It's toxic to your spirit. It's toxic to your body. And it's toxic to your family. I remember I was talking to my mother about a dream I had. And in this dream, I was talking, I was having a conversation with an unknown figure. He was familiar to me, but I could not see his face. Everyone else in the dream had a face and I knew who they were because they were my family. But when the love of my life entered the dream, the familiar person suddenly became angry and jealous. When I re relayed the dream to my mother, she told me that was the spirit of division. Now, I wasn't living a wanton lifestyle full of abandon. But what I was doing, chasing money, was causing me to be inattentive to my family. So I had to change some behaviors. I literally had to stop chasing money. If I was going to see the vision that God had in store for me, I was going to have to link to see the vision that God had in store for me. I was going to have to relinquish control of my finances to him. And I did that. I have more money now working less than I did then. Yeah, I admit my vision was skewed. I had scales on my eyes. I really had dollar signs in my eyes. But when I became aware, I changed that awareness to action. Sisters, what is so familiar and so comfortable to you that it is stopping you from loving your family optimally? What is trying to hold you hostage? What is trying to keep you engaged in idle conversations and distracting you from raising your family? Hagar had resigned her and her son over to death, but just in the nick of time, the scales of lack were removed from her eyes and she was able to spot a resource, her well, not far from where she was. The moment she was aware of the immediate resource in her vicinity, she moved to action. She went and got her son by the hand and led him to the well. And when they started toward the well, they still had just a backpack. I pray that you discover your strength and your true identity and that as you become aware of who you are, you begin to move in that awareness. Sisters, there are 24 hours in a day. Tomorrow, dedicate one of them to becoming a better version of yourself. Good night.